Hello, my name is Rayanne Hall, and this is The Optimistic Choice. Today's guest is Jeremy Daniel, one of my mentors, and the topic is relationships and optimism. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you, Rayanne. It's so great to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me. Oh, man, I, I can't believe I get to talk to you. It's like you and Dr. Hartman have been like a top of mind as I've been getting color code personality trainer certified. I said it backwards, but <laughs> and yeah, so absolutely. it's such an honor to have you here. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. No, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to help serve how, however I can, uh, however I can do that. Yes. Oh, you, and you're good at that. So I, I, we're in for a treat, everybody. But uh, before we get into the topic, which is awesome, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, I, let's see, where to start? Um, I grew up in New Mexico and um, really kind of wanted to get out and see the world a little bit more. And uh, so I have kind of this flair for adventure and travel and I like to go places and I love people. I love to meet new people and I love new cultures and languages and just kind of the way that, you know, life evolves around certain places and relationships, you know, which, which is a big piece of our topic here. Relationships are everything to me. So I've been married for 20, almost 22 years now. Um, and we've got, wow, that's great. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a while and I've got a very red wife for those of you who know the color code. So <laughs> she keeps us in line and she makes things happen. And I've got I have a red four. husband, by the way. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. okay. So we can relate on that. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. We just came back from this fantastic vacation. We were gone for like six weeks and I told my red wife, like, I don't know, two weeks into it, I said, babe, I don't know if I can keep up with you anymore because you know how those reds are. They just drive and everything's uh -huh. planned. It's like, you know, one thing after another, after another, after another. After. So we, I feel like we squeezed like a ton in. There was no wasted time. Yeah, um, that's cool. Fabulous. It was fabulous. Uh, we and have we're all flexible, right? So we're like, let's go. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yellows, we're just like, sure, we're in. Um, both, both for our listeners, both Jeremy and I are yellow. So that's why I said that. <laughs> anyway, right. keep going, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, and, and yellows are very spontaneous, right? We're very flexible. We go with yes. the flow. Uh, <laughs> we love new things. We live in the moment, right? It's so, so the fact that somebody else has everything planned for us is usually fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have four we kids. We praise that, right? That structure. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah, my, my kids. Yeah, my kids are nineteen. I've, I've got to do my math here. My kids are nineteen, fifteen. Um, I've got a twelve-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. So I have I have three girls, one boy. Yeah, uh -huh. one of them has special needs, so we're in that world as well. We try to uh, help yeah. a lot there. We do things there. Um, and she has a service dog named Pineapple, which is a she's a cute little golden doodle that kind of follows us oh, around. But we live in Hawaii. Uh, you could you know, we live in Hawaii and we love to, you know, be at the beach and be together and travel and oh, man. we love to do. That is so neat. You get to live in Hawaii and I, we just got a dog ourselves, <laughs> but a golden doula was always on my list, but everyone um, in our home wanted a, a lap dog. So we got a, a, a Kava Poo. It's okay. a mix between a, a 
uh, Charles Winston, a Cavalier Charles Winston, something like that, um, and a poodle, of course. It's really cute. <laughs> That's fun. But um, anyway, I I'm kind of connecting to you because I I this is my first time meeting him. For everybody who um, is listening, this is why I was distracted because I'm kind of excited to meet Jeremy. He was my trainer in color code, so. That leads me to my question. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a color code trainer? Sure. Yeah, I've I've been working I've been working with color code for over 20 years now, um, which I know dates me a little bit, but that's okay because you know it's it's I'm passionate about it. And yellows don't tend to stick around with things for very long if they're not passionate about it. So 20 years tells you quite a lot knowing that I'm a yellow. But yeah. uh, color code has been amazing. It, it's allowed me to connect with people all over the world. And it's such a joy to be a part of, to be honest with you, Rian, because yeah. I mean, as you know, you're, you're getting to know this very well, but people, people love to learn about themselves and they love to learn about relationships. Relationships are like such a central topic in our lives you know everything revolves around relationships we like to say all life is about relationships because i can't think of anything that's not impacted by relationships if i really get down to it you know um so i love color code because it's like giving people this clarity on how they can achieve more happiness how they can achieve more connection how they can achieve more sense of a sense of belonging or how their teams can be more impactful and effective and you know if you've ever worked on a bad team you know what that experience is like where yep. you know people just feel shut down and they don't feel valued and you you dread going to work and you know all of those things that that you don't want well then right. you know fast forward to a good team where people are really connected and they understand each other and things flow uh, and you're excited to go to work and you're excited to be part of whatever you're doing. Uh, to me, that's the difference. And so I love to help people like the color code is actually pretty simple. Um, they're just a few simple patterns that if you really understand those patterns kind of opens up and demystifies relationships. And so people, they have these wonderful aha moments. Yeah, and classes, I've been you noticing know. that. Yeah, yeah. And they love it. You know, and some of the aha moments are personal, like um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I remember uh, I was teaching a workshop, I think it was in Virginia, and we were talking about uh, reds. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, these personality styles. And I don't know if your listeners know a lot about it, but let me let me give you a, a version that would make sense. This lady in the class, she kept saying she's a red, by the way, and, and she kept she pulled me aside on a break and she said, I just want to say thank you for what you've done to me today. She said, because growing up in the South, I was just told all the time that I was just a bossy little girl and that I talk too much and I should keep my mouth shut and I should be respectful. And, and she said, I learned today that I'm not a bossy little girl. She said, what I actually am is a leader. And so yeah. people have these sort of epiphanies about themselves that might help change the way that some negative self-talk or some things that they've heard from other people have crept into their lives. And I love that. I love those aha moments where people feel validated, right? So that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is like, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you're instant friends with people like Rayanne. I, I feel like if I, if we were like strolling down the street, we'd probably be instant friends. Right. But yeah. then there are other people, 
there are other people that you you you've lived with you worked with for years and you still like they seem to be like they're from another planet or something like uh -huh. that never ever can really figure out what's going on with those people well i think color code demystifies a lot of that stuff and it puts you in a position where you can understand it mm -hmm. and it just facilitates so much growth in that relationship and so much understanding so i i love the kind of the the tools i guess that it gives people yeah oh so many tools it, it's just amazing um well tell us a little bit kind of how it correlates with helping you create a better relationship can you okay. talk a little bit more about that you've already touched on some of it but sure sure well i'll give you a really high level overview here right okay. so in the color code we talk about four different personality styles and when it comes to correlating better relationships, I really believe that, you know, it starts with understanding. You have to understand what makes you tick. You have to make, you have to understand what makes the other person tick because so often people, they, they just assume that people see the world the way that they see the world, which mm -hmm. is not true at all. Yeah. And so if you don't know where that other person's coming from you're just making assumptions based on the way you would filter and process information you're not going to have an easy time navigating that relationship or there's going to be a lot of guesswork so the color code takes a lot of the guesswork out of that so we we talk about four personality types and this is by the way it's different than a myers-briggs or a disc or a strengths finders or the buzzfeed quiz that talks about what type of dog breed you are or whatever you know uh -huh. um, uh, because we're really working from a different angle with the color code. All of those assessments and many of the assessments that you see up there, as you know, Rian, are, are behavior-based, right? So right. it does kind of assume that you can, you can see somebody's behavior, you can put them into personality classifications based on their behavioral styles and so on. The color code sees things a little bit differently. We don't work off of behaviors. We don't work off of what people do. We work off of why people do what they do. So for us, it's about motive and understand again, what makes people tick. So it all starts with you. What makes you tick? You've got to learn what your color code is and then learn what the color code of the other people around you are. And, and really quickly, you know, reds are motivated. There's a driving core motive that kind of powers the way that you think and feel and behave and you can override it and you're going to have a secondary color and there are nuances and such but i'm just giving you a very simple version of this you know reds are motivated by power they want to get from point a to point b in the quickest most efficient way possible and if you can communicate with them in that kind of way get to the point bullets non-emotional logical that kind of thing then you can really um creates a movement with a red, right? Blues are motivated by intimacy, which means that they want to connect with people on a deep and meaningful level. They really don't like situations where people come across as being phony or superficial, drives them crazy. They want genuine connections. They want sincerity. And again, you know, knowing that about that person and, and they like details, right? And they like things to be in a sequential order. And Rayanne, you and I, probably don't do things very sequentially all the time as yellows. And so that can create that can create an obstacle unless you kind of know that, you know, the situation that you're in and you can make an adjustment. As an example, the white personality style is motivated by peace. So they, they're all about inner harmony and balance, and they don't like that to be disrupted. You know, they they're the they're very kind and accepting and 
Um, they want you to speak with them logically and in a kind manner. And then the yellows, like us, we're, we're motivated by fun. We live in the moment. We enjoy the process of things more than the results a lot of times. Uh, we go with the flow. We're spontaneous. We're, we, we love people. We love social situations. So again, you know, and, th and there's obviously there's a lot of depth to this in terms of what are emotional needs and wants looking like and how do you relate and all of those things. But just just knowing how people think and what makes them tick, I think, is a huge key to creating more effective relationships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you can speak to that motive and um, kind of speak their language is what I'm learning, but I'm not perfect at it. And I even noticed, you know, I like, wow, if I know better, I should do better. And so when people know better, <clears throat> but they don't do better and they try to take responsibility, but they've harmed a relationship, what do you do with that? I think you go back to, I think you go back to the conversation and there's nothing wrong with admitting some faults. Sometimes we get very insecure about that. Some more than others. Um, some, some are just much better at that than other people. I think that blues actually are, are pretty good at, at look, taking a hard look at themselves, maybe better than others. But yeah, I think it goes back to just saying, you know what, I think I like take some ownership, right? We always talk about 100% responsibility um, in relationships. And that's, you know, that's a key concept. It's you have to be 100% responsible for the success of your relationships. You have to, you have to be able to be willing to do things differently. So if you can go back and say, you know what, I think I miss, I'm, I think I misspoke here, or can I, can I have a do-over, or can we do this another way, or something like that? Yeah. Take some ownership, and we get into this game sometimes where we blame other people. We want to make it the other person's problem. Right. You know, it's like. I'd get along great with Bob if, if he would just stop being so bossy or whatever, but you can't really control that. So you have, what you can control is your own reaction and whether you're taking things personally or whether you're being proactive. And, and really that's a principle of power is to say, you know, can I be responsible for the success of my relationships? Can I, can I be willing to do things differently to create a different outcome as opposed to saying well as soon as this person decides to stop being a jerk um we'll you know we'll have a great relationship because that's you know that that that's that's a terrible strategy you're powerless <laughs> really you're powerless yeah oh that's 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 good you know that ownership piece and sometimes it takes the other person a minute to absorb it and you got to give them space too right you know it's a practical tool but the the color code is just so powerful um, well, at um, the optimistic choice, we're all about, you know, facing some of these things that, like bumps and road, like I just mentioned, or hardships. I'm sure you are not um, immune to that. I mean, in, in fact, you, if you don't mind me mentioning that you have a special needs child, it sounds like. Um, and how have you faced that? And are you grateful for that, you know, challenge? Not that it's a challenge, it's your child. You love them. So I don't want to word it wrong. But could you speak to that? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, nobody's immune, right? That's that's yeah. the other thing that I think, like that's so insightful for you to say because I know that it's very easy to look around and get caught up in comparisons. And you look at people whose life seems to be a lot easier, a lot brighter, a lot better, just a lot less stress-free than yours, but you really don't know. 
you know, right. you really don't know until you get into it. And so I think that everybody has their hardships and challenges. And yes, having a daughter with special needs is a, is a challenge. We have, um, you know, uh, relationships in general can be a challenge, but when you have another layer, like a special need in place as well, um, it makes you, you know, it, it, it's another, it's just another layer of complication, right? Um, she's an amazing individual and, and that, that, you know, she's got this wonderful yellow personality. She loves to connect with people, but she has a harder th time doing things. You know, she's, she's uh, physically um, kind of challenged and, and, you know, getting around and, and that can be, that can be hard. And sometimes she doesn't understand things and that can be hard. But I really think that the key is to, and this, this goes for, I think, any relationship, but uh, there's, there's a lady named Diane Melvin who um, is very active in the world of special needs where we, where we fall. So, so we, have, uh, we have one biological child and we have three adopted kids. And the, the first daughter that we adopted is the one that has this uh, disability. And she has a fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which means that alcohol was consumed during pregnancy. And um, that, leads, that leads to permanent brain damage. Um, you know, and, and there's a spectrum. There's a lot of things that can happen. She's, she's a little bit more severe. But going back to Diane Melvin, she, she helps people understand how to work with people with this particular type of disability. And she says something that I, that I quote a lot because I think it's ingenious, both in this world of special needs, but also just in relationships and people in general. She always says, um, don't, try, don't, don't try harder, try differently, right? It's not about trying harder, it's about trying differently. And, and I think that that is just, I think that sums it up really, really well. Um, most of us are putting in pretty close to a max effort, I feel, you know, uh, we we're all doing our best, whatever that looks like, we all have different capabilities and capacity and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, sometimes you get to a point where you're frustrated with someone or, or you have a, an actual challenge like a disability and, and that, you know, that you have to kind of work your life around that a little bit. It's a joy, by the way, it's, 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 yeah. Um, nothing that I would have expected, but it's opened up new understanding and new love and new opportunities that I never would have had otherwise. You know, it's, 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 it's really amazing, but it is challenging. But again, trying different, you know, as opposed to trying harder. And, you know, if you have a difficult relationship with your spouse or with one of your kids or with your boss or whomever it is, and you do the same things over and over and over, you know, we all know the saying, right? You know, you, you get the same results, kind of the definition of an insanity uh, sort of thing. Yeah. But if you try differently, then you get different results. And I think that's, I think that's what it's all about. Oh, definitely. That is so poignant right there. I, I needed to hear that too. That, and what a, a need. Were you a red husband or what, 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 what <laughs> yeah, are we doing <laughs> oh just in life in general without saying it specifically <laughs> there may or may not be some people on your list yeah <laughs> but you know it's so it's so special to hear a father talk of his daughter that way and you know the situation and what a blessing for her to be in a home a, such a loving home and you know this is why we do i'm doing the optimistic choice 
podcast is I, I celebrate people like you who face things that are a little bit harder, but you do it in such a positive way. And it just shows like we all have this resilient spirit, you know, and that's kind of what we celebrate here at the Optimistic Choice. And um, so, well, you have achieved a lot of success in life. Would you say that optimism played a role in that? Oh, 100%. And yeah, um, I just, you know, my, my wife teases me sometimes because she's very, again, very red, right. And very practical and I am yellow and yellows tend to be very optimistic. As you know, you, you're probably the same way. Yeah. And I just, I just never give up hope that there could be a positive outcome, right. No matter how stormy things get or no matter how, how close to failure, I suppose, an idea or initiative gets. It's like that optimism sort of continues to drive you to think of, well, there's got to be a way, right? We, we should be able to figure this out as opposed to giving into the doubts and the fears and the insecurities, which can be suffocating and can be stifling. And I've, you know, and, and yeah, there have been times where, where I've given up on things and, and that's normal. But I think generally speaking, I lean way more towards the optimistic side of, I'm sure we can find a solution here. And that, that generally sees me through. We always tease a little bit about yellows. We say like, you know, sometimes they create their own luck just because they don't give up on the, possi the possibility of a positive outcome. And I, I, think that's, I think that's important. Yes, it is so important. How else has optimism shown up in your life? Well, um, I think that it's really connected me to people. I, I think that with people and relationships in general, my, my take on life, my MO with, with relationships, generally speaking, is to just assume positive intent with people, you know, and that, that you know, not taking things personally is a phenomenal skill set to have. If, if listeners out there, if you've got somebody who, who takes things personally, let me just tell you something like, if you want to free yourself, if you want to free yourself of a lot of things, a lot of burdens, a lot of negativity, work on that, work on not taking things personally. And, and for me, optimism has been one of those keys. And it's not the only key. It's not the only way to do it. There are lots of ways to kind of free yourself up from taking things personally. But, but for me, assuming positive intent from people, even if they say something a little, you know, kind of a little brusque or they're in your face a little bit about something, um, you know, not, not letting that emotion take over. And I, the times where I've allowed that emotion to take over, what happens is I get defensive, I get argumentative, you know, I get angry and that never solves the problem. You know, whereas if I, if somebody says something that is maybe could be interpreted as, as being offensive, I really try to look at that and say, well, let's assume the positive intent here. What, what, are, what are they trying to say or what's really happening? And if I can disassociate myself from those feelings of anger or frustration, then um, I think it's a lot easier to make that relationship work. So, so even as a kid, you know, before we knew anything about these terminologies or whatever, just, just being optimistic, I, I would always say hi to people. I would always wave to people. I would always strike up conversations. My mom talks about like taking me to Disneyland when I was 
you know, three or four and, and I'm just talking to everybody in the line, you know, have you been on this ride before? It's really great. I love this ride. You know, what, what do you think about this? Ride? It, you know, complete strangers, which, you know, you got to ride that, <laughs> you, you got to define that line too, but Disneyland's probably a safe place for that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like to connect with people. And I think that optimism and knowing that or feeling that that person has a story to tell that they have something that they can relate or contribute or you can make a connection with i think that's fun yes it is my brother i i think you might have met him i know dr hartman knows him but mike he's a yellow and people always tease us because we talk to people in the elevator great <laughs> <Right>, which is <laughs> awkward right? you know <laughs> it's like they're just want to be in there and be quiet. Most people, you know, we're like striking up a conversation. <laughs> I love to talk to people in the elevator. And and part of the part of the reason I do it is just to see what the reaction is too. Because yeah. elevator is like a big well, why is it such a social taboo to talk in the elevator? I don't I don't know why, but you know, anymore it's like people they pull out their phones and they look at their screens, right? To indicate yeah. they're, they're not even doing anything. Look at their phones. There's they're not doing anything, they're just avoiding the conversation or the potential. <laughs> it's just a distraction, it's just a little tool for them to kind of not not interact with you. So have <laughs> you, plane, have, have you had a, sit by me on the plane, boy? Oh man. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We're we're talking. Um, have you have you had a funny conversation in an elevator before? um yes i really like the ones when i find another yellow it gets yeah. fun quick you know um because you know some are like oh it's good you know and like you said they bury themselves down they, they put their head down or bury themselves with the phone and i had this one lady in las vegas she's like you know what she swore but <laughs> i won't say that you know it's an effing great day and she was just like this happened and how the heck are you you know and she was just a card she was so funny and and i just love finding people that just come out of their shell right away you know so that would be my experience did you have a fun one in an elevator um I can think of a funny one with Dr. Hartman, actually. Oh, uh, tell it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this was so his son kind of pranked him one time. It was really funny. Um, but we were together, and um, his son had a fart machine. You know, oh. the one where you push the button and it like makes different <laughs> styles of flatulence. I don't yeah. know what kind of podcast we're getting into here, but yeah. it was pretty funny, right? So there's, there's the button part, right? And then there's the speaker part. And so his son slipped the speaker part into his dad's pocket without him knowing. And then he stayed out of the elevator. And then as the elevator went up, he just kept pushing the button like over and over and over and over and over again. And so um, everybody was just laughing. You know, everybody <laughs> was cracking up on the elevator. And Dr. Hartman's pretty fun. You know, he could have very easily like pulled the speaker out of his pocket or something like that. Uh -huh. But he just looked at everybody and he said, don't eat the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he is hilarious. That was pretty fun. That is funny. It kind of reminds me of that that movie years ago with Jim Carrey, Liar Liar, and he and he's that. in the elevator, and he comes out and he can't tell a lie, right? And right. so everyone's smelling the, you know, passing <laughs> of the gas, and he turns around as he gets out and he goes, "It was me." 
I pull out that one or yes, man. I just those are good. I can't handle, but <laughs> those make me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, well, this, great. this has been so fun, and I knew it would be. <laughs> well, um, before let's just do some final thoughts here. I'll just say a word or, or a question and just say the first thing that comes to your mind. So okay. happiness is Happiness is, I think for me, living in the moment, whatever that looks like. So I can be surfing, I can be with my family, I can be, I can even be at work, you know, just bogged down in something. But if I'm living in the moment, for me, that's happiness. Yeah. Oh, and resilience means? No grit, no pearl right? You've got you've to keep going. Um, and that's life's challenges. The hard things in life are really what, what polish and refine us, aren't they? So we, we tend to gripe about those things. But then when we look back years later, we go, boy, I wouldn't be the same person that I am today if I hadn't gone through that experience. And a lot of times we're grateful for those things after the fact. But if we can embrace those a little bit more, you know, in the present time too, and just keep our, keep our heads up, keep, keep walking through it. You'll get through it. You're resilient. You can do this. Um, just know that you're going to come out the other side, a better person. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And what's the first thing you notice about people? I notice, um, like how social they are. That's usually the first thing I notice is like, are, are, are they going to be engaging or do they not, are they not comfortable that way? You know, are we going to have a conversation? Are we not? That's, that's usually, I'm looking for those social cues first. Yeah. And, and what are three habits that improve life? Three habits that improve life. What a good question. Um, I think that if you can be in alignment with what you believe, whatever that is, you know, whether that's faith-based or whether that's principle-based, kind of knowing what you're about and living in alignment with that, doing the things, practice doing the things that live in alignment, I think that helps. That would be probably number one. Um, number two, um, and we talk about this a lot in the character code, which is kind of after the color code, but we, we talk about um, doing things that you love to do. So, so it's really practicing self-care, mm. right? And so, so a great activity just to practice some self-care. And I think this is one of those three habits is to, it's really simple. Just make a list of 10 things that you love to do. And they have to be things that you generally just find joy in doing. Not, yeah. not that there's a purpose or an outcome related to it, right? So I uh -huh. sometimes blues, they break a sweat at number four because they, they're so, they're so um, much about others that they don't take time for themselves a lot of times. And so they start to say things like, I love to clean my house. And that's, that's not really, that doesn't belong on the top 10 list, right? Because you can't tell me that you love scrubbing your toilet, right? I, I know you love having a nice house, a clean house and a clean environment, but actually doing that process is it's really not fun. So what do you love to do? Do you love to dance? Do you love to go to the beach? Do you love to go to the movies? Do you love to have a massage? What, what do you love to do? 
make that list, prioritize it from one to 10, and then think about like, go through and legitimately one by one, go through and think about when was the last time that I did this? And then start to make it a habit to do those things that you love to do because you can't pour from an empty cup. So you've got to be taking care of yourself along the way. Um, and I think that's huge. So, so again, being alignment with things that you believe, the principles, the faith or whatever that you're in alignment with, I think that's important doing the things that you love to do. Um, and more and more lately, the last one that I would say is you got to sleep well. Oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. lear I'm learning that like, you've just got to sleep well. I, I've cheated, I've cheated sleep for years and years and years. And now I'm coming back to realizing, you know what? That's, that's, that's gotta be like, it all starts with that. Get some good sleep. Oh man. That's, that's an important one. I know I'm less sleep, but it's harder for me to be on point. That's for sure. Um, if you could have lunch with anyone, whether they're alive or not, who would that be? Um, I think Walt Disney would be one. That oh, I would yeah. think of. I think that would be pretty incredible. I think Warren Buffett would be one, mm. um, just because of the wisdom. But with Walt Disney, I think it's well. First of all, I'm a huge fan. But second of all, I think that just the way he did things differently and thought outside of the box and took risks um, created joy. I think that would be a really delightful lunch. Oh yeah just that would be amazing and when you do pass away how do you want to be remembered i would like to be remembered as somebody who lifts other people up you That's will be you've lifted me up today <laughs> what else were you going to say though no, <laughs> That's interrupting. That's, <laughs> no that's <laughs> that's okay that's very kind of you to say i i I really more and more like as I consider my life mission, like I, I, I just think lifting other people up, my family, those that I work with, my clients, um, that's important to me. And, and I, if, I have, if I have some tools or some insights or some, something that I can do for somebody else that will make their journey easier, I would love to be that person who contributes that thing. Yeah. Oh, you do. That is so neat. And at the end of the day, life is beautiful. It is beautiful. And this interview has been beautiful and fun. I just oh, thank you so much for your time, Jeremy. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I wish you and your listeners all the best. Thank you. And everybody out there, keep making the optimistic choice.